You're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast with Lee Fulford, where questions about the Bible meet real life. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Bible in Real Life podcast. My name is Lee Fuller, and I am so glad you're here. And today we're starting a new series, right? So this series, listen, um, holidays are coming up and sometimes there's very, very different approaches when it comes to holidays, right? Sometimes it's a time of excitement. Oh, and I'm glad that the leaves are changing and and the family will be getting together and um, Christmas is coming, Thanksgiving is coming, New Year's, all these wonderful, exciting times of year. But for some, holidays are stressful. Some holidays are intense. Holidays are tough, right? And in this series, we're going to talk about some of the headaches that come along with holidays. Oh, man. So make sure you are tuned into this uh, four-part series. I believe it's four. It may go longer. But in this four-part series, we're going to talk about holiday headaches and these things that can cause our holidays to be stressful. And sometimes it has to do with the people that we will be gathering around, the people that we will be surrounding ourselves with during the holidays. So make sure you stay tuned, make sure you lock in and access all of these episodes because we are going through these things that can cause headaches during the holidays. My name is Lee Fuller. And uh, if you're not following us on social media, go ahead and make sure you're following us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, or Facebook, wherever you are, right? Uh, Wherever you are, then you can engage with us and become a part of this Bible and real life community. I believe that Um, The Bible is relevant to our daily lives, and the more we can allow it to become a part of what we do, say, and think, the greater our lives will change. So uh, on these various platforms, we share things to help us um, really apply biblical principles to real life, right? So if you're not doing that, go ahead and do that. And now let's jump into our topic today. And today, oh my goodness, today our topic is forgiveness. Yes. Um, we're going to talk about dealing with the people that we meet during the holidays, because um, sometimes when you're looking across the Thanksgiving table, sometimes when you're looking past the Christmas tree, you see those in your family that may have wronged us at some point, may have not been the best family member may have not been the best mother or father or aunt or uncle, what have you, but God has really called us to be people of forgiveness. And you say, Lee, you're going to have to help me with this. You're going to have to help me understand because I don't want to forgive this person, right? Well, first, let's break down some terms, right? So let's define forgiveness because sometimes people think, uh, you know, they have their their own ideas of what forgiveness is. So let's define forgiveness for a second. So uh, I was looking at some clinical uh, definitions, right? And a clinical definition for forgiveness is 
um, defined by this psychological study was forgiveness was defined as the cognitive, motivational, and emotional experience of decreasing negativity and increasing positivity toward an offender in the face of adversity, okay? So forgiveness is a cognitive, so a motivational and emotional experience of decreasing negativity toward this person and increasing positivity toward this person. That's one clinical definition of it. I also want to look at a biblical definition of forgiveness. So in the New Testament, um, the Greek word for forgiveness is, this Greek word means to leave or lay aside, right? It means to cancel or to pardon, okay? So biblically, the word used for forgiveness is to cancel. It's almost used as a legal term, right? Uh, A pardon, you know, uh, a governor, and I believe a president has the right to um, to pardon a criminal or pardon an offender, right? And they can say, hey, the offense that you did that got you in prison, I can pardon that offense, right? And that means they can lay it aside, leave it, right? And no longer hold it up against you. And that's the biblical definition. That's the biblical concept of forgiveness. Now, here's what I don't want you to think. Forgiveness does not necessarily mean to forget about it, right? Oh, I could never forget what this person did to me. I can never forget how this person made me feel. I can never forget it. And forgiveness does not necessarily mean forgetting, right? The Bible says that, that, um, um, God casts our um, sins into the sea of forgetfulness, right? Um, to remember them no more. Listen, we as people, it's hard to forget, but I'm not saying you, you have to forget what that person did because there's some things that are inevitably or really poured into our soul, our mind, our mentality, right? But forgiveness is recognizing the offense and yet still choosing to pardon, choosing to lay it aside, choosing to cancel the offense and no longer harbor that offense, no longer imprison them for that offense, okay? I didn't forget, right? The criminal that uh, gets pardoned still spent time in jail, right? They still... Um, experienced, and uh, it's still on their record. However, this sentence has been pardoned, right? And I'm asking you today that this time at Christmas and during the holidays that we release the prisoners, release those that have have, uh, done something to you, uh, lay it aside, cancel it, and pardon them. Ooh-wee. I know this is tough, but this is grown man stuff. This is grown woman stuff. So put the children to bed and let's get to work. Okay. Let's put the kids to bed and let's deal with ourselves on this aspect of forgiveness. Right. Um, 
Uh, someone said that forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting or excusing the harm done to you or make even necessarily making up with the person that caused the harm. Forgiveness brings a kind of peace that helps you go on, right? When I lay it aside, when I cancel that burden, cancel that weight, I can go on and enjoy the abundant life that God has promised us, okay? So you may say, Lee, um, ah, that's tough, that's tough. Well, let me give you some benefits of forgiveness, okay? So um, there are actually some physical benefits of forgiveness. And I want you to look and see if you're experiencing some of these negative aspects of unforgiveness. So uh, I found an article by Mayo Clinic and they said, letting go of grudges and bitterness can make way for improved health and peace of mind. Okay. This is medical. This is the Mayo Clinic, medical clinic saying forgiveness can lead to healthier relationships improved mental health, lowering anxiety, less stress, lowering blood pressure, uh, allowing fewer symptoms of depression. It gives you a stronger immune system. It improves your heart health and improves self-esteem. Oh my goodness, right? There are physical <coughs> ramifications of unforgiveness. And as we see this society that's dealing with um, high blood pressure, right? Greater stress and anxiety, you know, increased mental health issues, right? Um, lower or not very good uh, heart health. And those that are experiencing low self-esteem we also realize that, wait a minute, we do have a society that chooses not to forgive people, that chooses not to give others the gift of forgiveness, right? And also give themselves the gift of forgiveness. So there are definitely benefits, medical benefits, right? I didn't even went spiritual yet, medical benefits of forgiveness. So some of these headaches, that we have along the holidays, a lot of these physical ailments could be our lack of forgiving those that have offended us, those that have disappointed us, those that may have abused us, those that may have broken our expectations. You know, and as I was thinking about this, a lot of times forgiveness is when a break of trust has happened or a break in expectations. I never expected a person to treat me this way. I never believed that a family member would treat me this way or would allow someone else to treat me this way, right? So there's some expectations that have been broken. And today we're gonna kind of help us work through this stuff uh, biblically, but also from a real life perspective, okay? so. Um, so, okay, man, well, if I see the benefits, surely everybody that's listening to this podcast is going to go and, okay, you're right. I am going to start to forgive, right? So what are some obstacles that stop us from forgiveness? What are some obstacles that stop us from actively going out and today deciding that we're going to forgive? 
Well, some of those obstacles is in order to forgive, you really have to first remember. And, and sometimes we choose to ignore a situation, right? You know what? If I ignore the situation, it'll just go away. But can I tell you something? Ignoring something is not the same as forgiveness, okay? Trying to push it down, bury it down deep in your mind, bury it down deep in your, your soul and your body um, can really be some of those symptoms of uh, stress and anxiety and high blood pressure and, and mental health issues because ignoring a problem doesn't equal forgiveness, right? So um, sometimes we realize that we will have to face it. So that's an obstacle of forgiveness. Hey, I don't want to face this. I don't want to dig up all these things. But listen, I promise you that going through the process to, to acknowledge it and then forgive it will be healthier in the long time for you, your current relationships, and even future relationships. Other obstacles for forgiveness is our own sin nature. We have a sin nature and forgiveness sometimes uh, fights against that sin nature. One thing that forgiveness fights against is pride. Oh man. Oh, some grown man stuff, some grown person stuff, some mature believer stuff we're tapping in today. Because pride says, how dare they do that to me? I don't deserve this. I deserve better. And um, sometimes we feel that nothing should happen to me. I don't deserve for any negative thing to happen for me. And that's really an element of pride. So who am I that bad things should never happen to me, right? Bad things happen to people all the time, but it should never happen to me. Why? Because I'm better than somebody else, right? I know um, it you know, pride really comes in different shapes and colors and sizes. And sometimes we don't see this as an element of pride. But if you kind of turn, um, if you kind of turn arrogance to its side, if you kind of turn, hey, this idea that nothing wrong should ever go to me, go or come to me, if I turn that on my side a little bit, it kind of feels like pride. Pride says nothing should happen to me. I'm better than those who have bad things happen to them. And this should never happen to anybody. And it definitely shouldn't happen to me. So in our sin nature, it's probably, I don't deserve for anything negative to ever happen to me. And the fact is, all have sinned and fallen short, right? Because we are in a fallen world, bad things will happen to us. I know. And pride sometimes wants us to fight against or um, not forgive somebody because this shouldn't have happened to me and I don't like how you treated me because nothing bad should ever happen to me. But who am I? Bad things happen to Jesus. 
Bad things happen to the prophets. Bad thing has been happening to God's chosen people for years and years and years. Right? So we have to deal with our pride issue. Secondly, in this sin nature, I don't want to forgive because I want revenge. I don't want to forgive because I want revenge. And I feel like in some way, um, I should be getting back at them for what they did to me. I hurt, so they should hurt. I'm not going to forgive them because I want them to hurt just as bad as they hurt me. <coughs> that's pride. That's revenge. We have this idea that, hey, I've been treated unjustly and I am going to hold it against them and in some way try to get back at them and make them hurt for hurting me. Sometimes this plays out in us withholding forgiveness. No, I'm not going to forgive you for leaving my family. No, I'm not going to forgive you for cheating on my on and breaking our uh, destroying our marriage. I'm not going to forgive you for this. I'm not going to forgive you for this or that, right? I'm not going to forgive you for allowing somebody to molest me as a child, whatever your issue is, right? Revenge says, you know what? I will get justice my way. That's an obstacle of forgiveness. And sometimes when we call it out for what it is, I don't want to forgive them because I want them to hurt like they hurt me. You know, and we, when we allow ourselves to release that, to forgive, to let it go, to pardon, to cancel this hold that they have on my life, then we have true uh, forgiveness and can really walk in all God has us to do. And then anger, obstacles to forgiveness is anger. I would rather hold on to this anger because I like being angry at this person. I want to keep this person in mental jail. So I would rather hold on to hatred and anger for this person than release it. Why? Because anger makes me comfortable. I want to be mad at this person. And if I release it, I can't be mad at this person and anger feels good because anger feels right. I know I'm, I'm, this is a tough podcast to deliver because, and I want you to hear my heart as I was preparing for this podcast, I had to ask myself, why are there some people that I'm, I was choosing not to forgive. Why did I blame doctors for not assessing the cancer fast enough, right? Why did I blame others for not letting me know so I can fix the situation? I was dealing with these, with revenge in my heart and pride in my heart, right? And not wanting to let it go. Yet still reading the Bible that says, <laughs> forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, praying, God, forgive me. 
whereas I'm not willing or wasn't willing to forgive others. Listen, these holiday headaches are real. And as you're looking across the dinner table, are you saying, I'm withholding forgiveness from you because you hurt me and I want to exact my own level of justice and revenge. We Okay, so we've identified the benefits and there are, I mean, you know, we can experience the health benefits of not forgiveness. <coughs> We're experiencing these ob uh, ob obstacles of forgiveness. Well, Lee, okay, all right, okay. Um, the Lord's convicting me about this issue or this certain series of issues or this list of people that I'm not forgiving, that I haven't forgiven. What should I do? How do I forgive? Well, let's go to scripture. This is the Bible in real life. Number one, trust God to handle it. Listen, God calls us to a higher standard and he will make sure justice is done. Lord, I don't want you to handle it. I'll handle this and I won't give them forgiveness. I'll be bitter, bitter, mean, and hold a grudge. God says, no, I will handle this. Romans 12, 17 through 21 says, um, maybe I'll pull it up. But Romans 12, 17 through 21. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this up so we can read this together. Romans 12. 17. All right. What does it say? Um, are we, can you see this? All right. Romans 12, 17. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of God. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Verse 19. Verse 19. Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 20. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome with evil but overcome evil with good. God says, <clears throat> as much as possible, live peaceably with all men. So forgiveness is on your end. Offering forgiveness is on your end. And, and here is, I mean, Romans really digs into this because he's like, not only live peaceably, but act in, act like someone at peace, right? He says, if they're hungry, if your enemy's hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. So it's not just mentally, I forgive the person, right? Show fruits of repentance. You know what? I am still behaving as a relative or a friend. Because I have completely forgiven them, forgiven them 
for what they did. Why? Understanding that vengeance is mine, said the Lord, I will repay. So listen, God says, hey, you don't carry this. I will carry this. I am God. I will carry this and I will deal with it because anybody that messes with my child, listen, I'm a father, right? A father for real. And, and my babies will, I, you want to, you, you want to get on my bad side, right? You want to, you want the, the staff sergeant, you want the, the, the Iraqi war vet to come out and relieve and, and, and release, you know, wrath. (laughs) Then you mess with my babies. And this is me. God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. He will deal justly with those that have mistreated his children as well. All right. So, um, what else does the Bible says? The Bible teaches us also that <clears throat> not only should we let God handle it, right? We are called to forgive. In Matthew chapter six, um, not only are we called to forgive, but in Matthew chapter six, verse 14 and 15, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins, right? We offer forgiveness because we've experienced forgiveness. How many of us know that, you know, once you realize that God has forgiven you, the weight that comes off your shoulders, right? Because God, who has every right, has every right to hold our sin against him. He has every right to hold it because we sinned against him. And yet he chooses to forgive us. And then he tells us to forgive others. Ephesians 4, 32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God has forgiven us. God says, you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to give you an example of what forgiveness looks like. I forgave you. So just like I forgave you, I want you to forgive others. And I know this is hard because we do have that pride in our nature that keeps trying to reap up and say, hey, they don't deserve forgiveness. I'm better than that. They should not have done that to me. We do have this anger or this revenge that's built inside of us that we're fighting against. But God says, hey, you know what? I've given you an example of what forgiveness looks like. I forgave you and you were wrong. Do the same thing to others and trust that I will take care of it. All right. So these holiday headaches that we deal with, God is saying, number one, we need to forgive others. We're called to a higher standard. We are to forgive. Even Jesus. Now, you may say, but Lee, I didn't deserve for this to happen to me. I didn't do anything wrong. They plotted against me. They did this on purpose. I didn't do anything wrong. Let me ask you, did Jesus do anything wrong? They crucified Jesus. 
and he didn't do anything wrong. And you know what Jesus said on the cross in Luke 23:34? Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Jesus didn't do anything wrong. So sometimes we have to be like Christ, even when we didn't do anything wrong. Now, sometimes, now I'll be honest, sometimes we did something and they got us back. And now I don't want to forgive them for what they did to me because they went, they went way beyond what I did to them. Right. (laughs) But even if you are innocent and didn't do anything wrong, Jesus gives the example of praying that God will forgive them where they do not what they do, right? So, man, man, Lee, man, I want to live this Bible out. I do, I do. But um, this is tough. Yes, it is. That's why the power of God, that's why the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in his people has to walk you through this because forgiveness is tough. Canceling a debt from somebody that hurt you emotionally, spiritually, physically, someone that damaged your reputation, your career, your marriage, whatever it is, God says, forgive them. So Peter says, okay, 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 okay. So maybe what? Forgive one time? You know? Okay, because I forgave one time. Peter says, how many times should I forgive them, Lord? Right? And this is where, once again, man, God keeps pushing the envelope. He keeps pushing the envelope. I believe it's in Matthew 18. Let me see. Um, 1821. Yes. So let me show you this. In Matthew 1821. Uh, oops. Come on. Matthew 1821. It says, then Peter came and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? He's like, listen, I can, I can, you know what? It's better than baseball. Baseball, three strikes and you're out. You know, some of us is like one strike and you're out. I forget you the first time, you know, hey, some play baseball, three strikes and you're out. Peter said, you know what? (coughs) What about seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times, right? I think King James says 70 times seven, right? So um, repeatedly, oh man, that that don't sound, Lord, are you sure that's your standard, right? And what is it? There's another verse and I'm trying to remember where it is. There's another verse and uh, Jesus said in Luke 17, three and four, it says, if your brother sins, rebuke him, right? Hey, if they sin, tell him, hey, you did me wrong, right? Acknowledge it, rebuke him. Hey, don't do that again. Hey, I don't appreciate it. So confront the person that has offended you, right? And it says, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day 
and turns to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive him. <sighs> really, dude? Really? This is the level of forgiveness I should have? But he did it over and over. But she did it over and over and over. And God says, but I forgive you over and over and over and over. If you confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to forgive us from all unrighteousness. See, it's these verses like this that make me realize that I, that I, I haven't got there yet. You know, you'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I feel like God is using me. I'm growing in scripture. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more like Christ, right? Then I read verse like this and be like, ooh, I got a long way to go. And so do you. We got a long way to go because God is saying, hey, each time they repent and ask for forgiveness, you should forgive them. Now, does this mean, Lee, are you telling me that I should leave myself open to being hurt and abused over and over and over and over again? No, this is what I'm saying. Learn from each incident, okay? And just because I forgive a person doesn't mean our relationship doesn't change. I'm gonna say that again. Just because you have forgiven a person doesn't mean our relationship can go back to the way it was. I think that's better said, right? Um, I forgive you. I have let you go. I have let you out of debtor's prison, but our relationship has changed. Trust has been broken. Our relationship has changed, right? You've, uh, you've bruised me and offended me. I'm not holding that against you, but I have, to, I can't put myself in the same situation. <coughs> the relationship has changed. <coughs> Does that make sense? So I want you to let your captive out of debtor's prison, but understand that relationship has changed. Okay. In the Bible, there are multiple examples of forgiveness. We see, um, when Jacob and Esau reunite, remember Jacob stole the birthright, stole the blessing, and he dipped, he left. When he got back, when they reunited in Genesis chapter 13, because Esau said, Jacob, I'm going to kill you. And when they reunited, Esau forgives Jacob. Esau says, hey, I've been blessed. You know, I'll go back and read Genesis 33. But they forgive and they restored fellowship. Joseph, Joseph was um, sold into slavery, right? Joseph um, goes through prison, goes through abuse, you know, goes to being lied on, et cetera, et cetera, goes into being sold into slavery. And yet in Genesis 45, Joseph forgives his brother. So regardless of what happens, regardless of what the consequences were of this situation, um, you still have the capacity to forgive. Many people don't, don't even think I have that within me. I don't have the capacity to give. Listen, Christ 
is our example. The Holy Spirit gives us the capacity to forgive. Even sexual sins can be forgiven. There's in John chapter eight, there's a woman caught in adultery, right? So uh, there's this sexual sin that, that she's caught in. It's, it happened. There's no getting around it. And she is about to be put to death. And Jesus said, I forgive you. Go and sin no more. Your, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. Right? Here's my point. Regardless of how severe the abuse or how intense the transgression, sexual sin, soul into slavery, theft, abuse, all of it, you have the capacity to forgive. Okay? Um, we are to forgive those that have injured us, not because they deserve your forgiveness, but because you can never be truly happy until you release the anger and grant forgiveness. Take back control and say, you know what? I will not allow this past incident to control my life. I will pardon it. I will release it and let it go because God has called me to a higher standard. Okay. So in our series of holiday headaches, share this with somebody that you know, or share this podcast. Maybe you have to go back and listen to it again, right? But understand that God has called us to be a people of forgiveness. God has called us to forgive. He empowers us to forgive. And he's given us biblical examples of what forgiveness looks like. Woo! <clears throat> you may have to go back and listen to this a couple times. You may have to go back and look, look at the verses. <coughs> and very quickly, if you're the one that offended someone and you're the one that need to go ask for forgiveness, understand that ask for forgiveness without making an excuse for your behavior. Okay. If you're truly sorry for something you've said or done, admit it to those that you've harmed. Speak of your sincere sorrow and ask for their forgiveness. During these holiday headaches, during the holidays, <clears throat> don't wait for someone to always ask you for forgiveness. If you have been the offender, now you go and you go ask for forgiveness without excuse. Right? You can't force someone to forgive you. You have to give them time, but you can be released by asking them to forgive you and commit to treating them with compassion, empathy, and respect. All right. This is Lee Bible in Real Life. Woo, this is a good one. This series is going to hit home. This series is going to help a lot of people. So if it's helping you, then share it. We're going to continue this series and we're going to talk about grief. We're going to talk about finances and a couple other things that may cause headaches during the holidays. My name is Lee Fuller. This is Bible in Real Life. Go out and decide to live your life 
as one of forgiveness. Christ has given us the example and has given us the mandate to forgive repeatedly so that we can enjoy the abundant life that he promised. All right, this is Lee, Bible in Real Life. Bye-bye, everybody.